Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I am Tyler. With me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Follow us on all of our socials at Around the 412. Um, We're everywhere, so go check those out. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you're watching over on YouTube, go check out the link we have in the description of the show as well. We've got Everything Custom Designs, our friend Haley Wagner's small business. She does customized clothing. Clothing. We do a lot of holiday stuff, but she can do outside of holidays. She can also do like sports stuff, um, city stuff, really anything. It's Everything Custom Designs for a reason. So go check her out. We got the Facebook link down there so um, she can hook you up with all sorts of good stuff. This is a Around the 412 Steelers show. Um, so we got a lot of, uh, draft and free agent talk to, to talk about That's It's, it's tis the season, you know, that's, that's the time of year. Not a lot of stuff really going on. So it's, it's more or less speculation than anything at this point. Yeah. It's uh it's silly season before we get into free agency here soon. Uh, the combine's going on this week. That's pretty cool. I mean, that would give us something. Uh, to talk about, I've been talking with Alan. Nick was on today's show with me, talking about some combine stuff, uh, and maybe some of that will leak into this as well if we're going to get into the draft stuff. But um, yeah, I would say for the like the the biggest dead period that we have in the NFL is past, which is cool. So like, because by the time combine, free agency, draft, then you know we're going to fly by until the season starts, pretty much. Then we get the training camp and. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask you a couple things that we've talked about this week on Afternoon Drive and were presented to us. Um, we've spent so, so much time talking about the quarterbacks and that, that conversation. When you, when you don't have a set-in-stone franchise quarterback, this is what life is. 
That's like, the only thing you talk that. about. Yeah, I mean, it is, and it is the way that it is. Um, but you know, we got a couple questions as well from from Twitter that we'll bring into the conversation. But I wanted to ask you what you feel like is kind of like the ideal scenario for the Steelers. And and when I say that, I mean the offseason in totality, free agency and the draft. Because if you're looking at the Steelers roster, there's more holes on the roster than they have draft picks. And they can create cap space, sure, but like they'll be putting themselves continuing to kick the can further down the road with restructuring contracts and stuff, the more cap space that you want to create. So it's really not feasible to just say, go sign Kirk Cousins and create that cap space to do so. So for you, when you look at what the Steelers have on the roster, what they need on the roster and the way the lack of money that they have right now and the amount of draft capital that they have right now, what is the best way to approach filling the holes on the roster? Um, I, I think you have to do that, in my opinion, by looking at the strengths of free agency and the strengths of the draft itself. Um, for where the Steelers are picking and and the draft class as a whole, there's there's a few positions that I think there are strengths for in this draft, but overall, a lot of the positions that the Steelers have needs for, I don't think that they could fill in this draft. But some of the easy ones, for me at least, are tackle, corner, um, defensive tackle, uh, center, obviously. I've been very vocal about that as well. So yeah. I, I think that, and especially we haven't talked about this because we didn't have a Steelers show last week, Mason Cole being released, I feel like center is definitely in the cards for not not just one yeah. of their first two picks, but arguably their first pick at pick 20 um, because they don't, they don't have a starting center if we were starting the season today. And I imagine that they're they're probably not going to fill that with free agency. If I had to guess, I would make the assumption that either either Jackson Powers Johnson or Zach Frazier is going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. I'm not sure which one it's going to be, but I would bet on at least one of those two being a Steeler after the first two days of the draft. Um, so I, I would expect center, you address in the draft. I think you could look at tackle in the draft as well and corner in the draft as well. I think that when you look at the safety position or middle linebacker position, that's something that I would target more in free agency. I don't really think the draft is going to be uh, where you would want to look for guys that can fill in right away at those positions. I don't think that there's a ton of starting caliber players that you're going to get right away from, from drafting those guys. So those positions, I mean, we talked about like getting Jordan Whitehead. That would be like my ideal uh, to pair along with, with Minka Fitzpatrick in in the safety room um and then some some linebackers i feel like unless you you're getting a linebacker early like if if the steelers in the second round um were to take oh, who's the kid from uh texas a&m um or is it Which position? linebacker edron cooper yeah. yeah if they were to get take him in like the second round or something um mm -hmm. which i mean he might even go higher than where the steelers pick i i i don't think that that would be a bad pick at all, but I don't think that they're going to find like replaceable starters right away in this year's draft at the linebacker position, um, considering their other needs at what they're going to be looking for early on as well. Um, so that, that's, yeah. that's kind of how I'd approach it. Certain positions like corner tackle and center um, and even defensive tackle. I mentioned that, um, but I, I feel like defensive tackle for the past several years has always been, a sneaky need, if in, even if it hasn't been a very vocal need for the Steelers. And I feel like that's probably because you've always been able to rely on Cam Hayward and and uh, they've always had some pretty decent depth. But every single year you kind of look at, especially like the past, I would say 
two to three years, you look at where the Steelers were going into the offseason with their defensive tackle like room, and then you look at what they were able to dress in free agency in the draft. Even though it wasn't necessarily the 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 leading need for the team or the most vocal lead for the team when it comes to what the fan base is looking at adding, it's always been addressed. And I feel like that's that's gonna be continue to be the case, especially with we don't know how Cam's gonna be next season. Um, there's all the speculation of how him and his contract and all that. He he mm-hmm. he addresses it on Twitter, which is which is pretty funny to see that he's acknowledging that yeah. and it fuels him. But Nonetheless, I think that's another position that they could look at. But regardless of that, my ideal would be to look at specific positions in the draft and specific positions of free agency. I know it's a very broad answer, but I think that when you're looking at the specific positions, there's strengths in the draft and there's strengths in free agency that the Steelers can address. Um, and the, the one position that I wasn't really talking about and kind of avoiding talking about because it's been talked about so much was quarterback. Quarterback, I don't know what the heck they're going to do. I don't know what to yeah. do because there's a difference in my head of what I would ideally want to do and what I think the Steelers could feasibly do and what I think the Steelers will will do. Those are like three different answers. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, if if I wanted to be a contender right away, which as a fan I do, um, and, but I also understand that they, they don't necessarily have the, the capability of just throwing money, like you said, you mentioned it, at Kirk Cousins. Like that would be, if I had my ideal world, I would I would probably take Kirk Cousins and pluck him as the starter because that's probably your most ideal quarterback if you want to be a competitor from day one going into 2024, especially compared to everybody they have on the roster right now. Um, I, I I think that that would be the best case scenario from just being competitive standpoint. And I don't think that that's going to happen because I don't think they had the cap room to be able to do that, especially if they want to sign other positions. I, I, I don't think that they would feasibly be able to work that out. My ideal would probably be, and, and also I'm, I'll just throw in Justin Fields. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. My ideal is not Justin Fields because of the reasons that we laid out back then. We don't know if he's going to be worth whatever the Steelers are going to give up. We have no idea what even the, the asking price for him is. And if the asking price is something that the Steelers could give up. It's probably going to be something that I personally would be too high, like too, that's too bullish for me. If they want like a third round pick or higher, even a four, like I, I, I think that that's too much for me because you draft a guy with a first round pick because of the ceiling they could have in the NFL. You don't trade picks for a ceiling that they haven't hit and could still have in year four of the NFL. Um, so I would stay away from Justin Fields, even though the, the, the idea of him is very intriguing. I just don't think it's worth what you might have to give up to be able to get him. And so I I think that honestly, my ideal for this upcoming season, and we talked about this when we talked about Arthur Smith being hired would be to bring in a guy like Ryan Tannehill and to see if you can muster up some sort of, uh, connection that they had whenever he was in Tennessee and see if he can compete with Kenny Pickett, see if he can push Kenny Pickett to be better. Because if you're asking me who's the starter going into next season, it's definitely Kenny Pickett. But I do think they need to bring in somebody that can push him. I don't think, regardless of what we saw at the end of last season, I don't think that's going to be Mason Rudolph. I think they're going to have to bring in somebody else. And I think that Tannehill would be able to do that in in a way. I know he's not as athletic as he used to be because he's getting older and everything. But I think that with the way the Steelers' offense is – able to be set up in the way that he operated in within that Tennessee offense. I think that they could work out something where he, even though he's not as athletic as he was when it, whenever it was like four or five years ago, they could still 
figure some things out with him and, and move forward with that. Because I just don't think there's a ton of options that they have at the quarterback position. I mean, what you can talk about bringing in Russell Wilson. You can talk about uh, making trades for people outside. Just like I, I, I don't know if anything that I would say like that would be even feasible. So I don't want to say that's my ideal just because I don't think that it's going to realistically happen. Uh, yeah, I, I'm on the rush train personally, uh, because here's the thing. He's going to be the minimum. That's what you're paying him regardless, because he's getting paid $38 million next season. It's an offset contract. So whatever the Steelers don't pay, Denver has to pay. Why would Russ care where that might, he should be making Denver pay as much of that as possible. So he's not taking salary away from the team that he's signing with. So he's going to sign for the minimum, wherever it is, and Denver has to pay the rest of that. I don't, I mean, listen, he's obviously a far cry from the player that he was in Seattle, but still 26 touchdowns last year to what, eight interceptions, somewhere around there. The the one concern that I do have is the lack of the middle of field usage. You know, how long have we as Steelers fans been complaining about that? And that is a Russ thing. Like, that wasn't even like a product of the offense he's playing. And like, historically, it has not mattered for Russ where he's been at. He just hasn't used the middle of the field a ton. So I think that would probably be my one concern with him in the offense. But for the minimum is what I'm talking about here. Like, that's why it's attractive to me, because I still assume, like, Kenny Pickett's going to be here and a third quarterback. Um, I would say my top three realistic are Russ, Jacoby Brissett, and then Ryan Tannehill. Uh, ideally, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Kirk Cousins. Like, if, if the cap was not a thing, if everybody was coming in at the same price, Kirk Cousins is the one that you want to sign out of the guys that are available, um, even off the Achilles injury. And I think a lot of that is due to the guardrails within Arthur Smith's offense, how easy it is to play quarterback within Arthur Smith's offense. But like my perception of Kirk has kind of changed. Like I liked him originally as a starter in Washington. Um, when he left there and signed the deal in Minnesota, I, I was like, man, this guy just doesn't seem to ever come up big in the moments. He just seems like a stat patter. He's like a volume guy. Uh, and then it, it flipped back around where like I, I've been super impressed with the way that he stretched the field as of late. And I don't think it's fully a product of getting Justin Jefferson because I know there's people that believe that as well. But like this guy was balling before Justin Jefferson got there with Stephon Diggs, with Adam Thielen. So uh, I just think Kirk's a good quarterback, like good. I think he's within like that top. I feel like everybody gets thrown into like the top 10 to 12 range, but like legitimately he is probably the one guy that everybody looks at as like that type of quarterback. Um so, yeah, that would be the guy to me. Uh, it's interesting, the center stuff, because you're right. We haven't talked about Mason Cole yet. I think that they'll probably double dip. Like, I, you got to sign a guy as well. Like, you don't want to go into the draft and not have any guy to play center and basically telegraph to the world. Hey, we're probably going to take a center 20th overall. You don't do that, uh, especially like with the center class at the top here where we're talking about where there seems to be like probably a, a special player in Jackson Powers Johnson as the number one center. A pretty good one, and Zach Frazier is the number two. To me, there's a drop-off even there as well. Like I know people have talked about that as like there's the big four or five, depending on what you think about the kid out of Arkansas. Um, Latimer, Lassiter, I think it's Lassiter. Um, but I wasn't impressed with him. Uh, Graham Barton out of Duke, who was a tackle for them, but he's going to play center in the lead. And then Cedric Van Pran, who's coming off the injury. To me, like the Steelers got to get one of those top two. And... Like if they don't sign a starter in free agency, they got to get one of those top two. And that's a dangerous place to be. Like, do they want to 
corner themselves into that, basically having to take a center at 20. Because Zach Frazier, I like, does he go in the first round? I'm I'm not 100% sold on that, but he does, definitely, in my opinion, does not make it to their second round. You probably have pick. to trade up so, in yeah. your second round. Pick. Or uh, a scenario that I've mentioned, and maybe on Steelers like in the past, but we'll see how Omar feels about this. We've seen him move up. What if you move down from 20? Like, say Jackson Powers Johnson's off the board before 20. You move down, still in the first round or something, like, you know, but you gain an extra day two pick, and then you take Zach Frazier still in that spot after moving down. Like, I think to me, assuming Jackson Powers Johnson's off the board, that's probably in the realm of, like, the ideal scenario for me, just because the Steelers aren't coming into this draft with a ton of capital either. Like, that's kind of the reason that I presented this conversation was because it's not like they're flushed with money or flushed with draft picks. So, yeah, I I think it's interesting. But, like, another part of the conversation to me and the reason that I was curious as to where you would go with it, um, and and I think that you, you like, in my opinion, said a lot of the same things that I feel. Like, safety to me is not playing the draft. That's going to be free agency because I really like the free agency class. There's only, like, three safeties to me that are going to go within – there's not one that I would take in the first round. There's probably three that I like in round two, but like, and there's not any that you probably feel like you could become a day one starter if you were to draft them. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Newbin's nice. Like he could be the back end of round one. Um, yeah. I mean, Javon Bullard, if you consider him a safety, but he'll probably play in the nickel out of Georgia. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at the Steelers. Steelers didn't even even draft their, their number one tackle last year. Uh, and they didn't start him from day one. Then, yeah. So well, that's I, what I'm worried about with ta- I'm worried about tackle too. Like in this scenario that we're talking about, if they take a center at 20, like, wh- are they taking a tackle at 52? And if that's the case, like, even if they take a tackle at 20, we might see Dan Moore to begin the season. But if they take one at 52, Dan Moore might be the starter all season. Like, is there not a level of concern yep. there? And, and maybe this is my my personal concern. And I'm sure you've thought about this too. But if if you get to that point. I feel like who they draft at tackle, regardless of of where that where it is in the draft, whether it's a first round pick or whether it's later in the draft, I, I I feel like they kind of need to make a decision on whether they want to flip Broderick before the draft. So if they, if they want to flip him to left tackle or keep him at right tackle, I feel like that decision needs to be made because that could probably weigh a lot into the decision of who you're taking at a tackle position. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I love this tackle class. Like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of leaning towards signing a starting center in free agency so that if, you know, Frazier or somebody that you don't like, like basically, and like, unfortunately, as much as I love Jackson Powers Johnson, missing out on him this year because it's easier. And he, like I said, I think he's going to be an awesome center. I think you're talking like probably top five at the position. But it's easier to find quality center play than it is to find quality tackle play. If you can find your bookend solutions and Broderick Jones and whoever this first round pick is, I think they could find a center a lot easier in free agency than they can a tackle. So, who among the first round tackles that mm-hmm. are are projected to be first round guys, who yeah. would you be looking at? So, like realistically who could possibly be realistically obvi- i mean we're not yeah. going to say like that you're going to get like all of <laughs> yeah joe all like that. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like, like you're not going to get one of those like top 10 guys but like realistically yeah. at 20 assume assuming they say they don't trade up or trade down so you're realistic at, at that spot who are you looking at 
Yeah, it, it even kind of seems like Fuaga is almost a, like a isn't going to get there. Like the, the I've most mock drafts that I've been doing lately, he goes like fourteen ish. Um, but like he's my number one, perfect for Arthur Smith. I, I think most people. I'm curious if if people are going to do this. If we see some smoke, like ideal team player fits. Man, I think he's perfect for the Steelers as a right tackle because I actually think for a lot of teams he'd probably play guard. But for the Steelers, I think he's the ideal right tackle for this offense. Uh, I would have Tyler Dighton probably as number two for me. Um, Amarius Mims is interesting. Only started eight games. Like, we think Broderick's raw, but, like, man, I how quickly is Amarius Mims going to get onto the field for the Steelers as a guy that only started eight games in college? Um, I would say in, this, in that order, Fuaga, Dighton, uh, Amarius Mims as my one, two, three. And then you get into like JC Latham, who I'm not sold on as a tackle. Uh, I don't know that there's really anybody else in that mix is like the back end of first round, but like, that's the thing. There's probably only six or seven tackles there to go first round. Really good tackle class. And then you got guys like uh, the kid out of BYU, who I think at some point is the starter, but like there's some development there. Yeah. Um, Patrick Paul out of Houston, kind of in that same boat i would say probably go within the same range of picks so there's some guys on day two that could be interesting if they fall to 52 but i'm like i there's there's no way those guys are taking dan moore's job right away yeah yeah for sure and i i think that and i'll I'll just speak to kingsley sua Montaia, uh personally just because i've followed his entire college career i've mm-hmm. known who this kid is since he played in high school um but if the steelers were to go that way that's a scenario where Dan Moore Jr. is definitely going to be your your starter next season. I don't see Kingsley winning the job right away. I think he needs to develop more. And personally, after watching him at college, unless something changed in the NFL, I think the Steelers would hope that Broderick can make the change to left tackle full-time because I think yeah. that Kingsley is a better right tackle than a left tackle after watching him in, in, in college. Well, there's probably, I think <clears> – <throat> majority of the guys that we're talking about like i don't know how many of them i think are going to make the switch to the left side or could make the switch to the left side like i think it's going to be broderick on the left although let me tell you why is for sure a right tackle dighton i would i think is a right latham's the right tackle like let me tell you why i think why i think guys like amarius mims or jc latham make a lot of sense for why the steers would pick them and it has nothing to do with necessarily their on-field skill set but when you look at them physically, those two guys feel like Steelers to me more because I feel like the Steelers like these these tall, big-bodied guys, like yeah, the really six, thick tackles. They're yeah. both 6'7". They're both 340-plus. I think Mims is like 360 or something like that. And <laughs> a couple of these other tackles, obviously they're big dudes. And we were talking about guys that are like 320, 330. But for some mm-hmm. reason, the, the I feel like the Steelers like these bigger-bodied guys and so if I was looking at who I think the Steelers would pick, I'd be leaning towards guys like that who have that that type of frame. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to monitor, you know, the visits and stuff and see if they're even who they're interested in. And, like, is it going to be all the top centers and all the top tackles? We haven't really talked about corner yet, but, like, probably because if you take – imagine if they go corner in round one what that means for round two because then you're choosing between like center and tackle if they even get trade there. up terry and arnold like, let's go we're talking about trading out ter- keep doing it i love terry and arnold <laughs> well, you have but to trade man, up really like, high for be... that 
it's interesting because I was having this discussion with Derek. Like, I, it obviously would never happen, but if the teams had to like after the draft was over, put out the information where how they had the rankings, I would be so curious to see teams' boards afterwards because I think this corner class is really interesting at the top because like just talking to other people like Terry and Arnold I have number one I know a lot of other people that have Quinion Mitchell number one there's people that have Wiggins number one uh I'm sure there's Kool-Aid's probably got you know a subset that have him at number one like really interesting stuff and then there's like the the like the Ennis Reichstraw Jr. who's been who's been injured and stuff. But like if there's a Joey Porter Jr. in this draft class, it's Ennis Reichstraw Jr. Like profile wise, size wise, very Joey Porter Jr. like. Um, and a lot of the same, honestly, issues in terms of like his footwork and stuff that needs cleaned up. So in my opinion, really good corner class too. But that's why I think you can get starters even like in round like a pick 84. There's three corners that are probably going to be there that I'm going to really like and say they're day one starters, whether you want to go the nickel route and like a Mike Sanger still out of Michigan. Or I just mentioned Ennis Raystraw, his his teammate, Chris Abrams-Drain, um, who I think is going to be a really good player. You, Cam Hart out of Notre Dame. Do you think there's a chance that they could double dip at corner in this draft class because they could use a boundary corner and a nickel corner? I'll say if they sign a center, if they're not going to draft a center, it's possible. Yeah, because but, I think it's very clear that they, they have a need for both. Yeah, yeah, they do. Like, it could, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so you could go, uh, you know, who have, in round one, um, you go Terry and Arnold or Quinion Mitchell. Round two, you get a tackle, you know, Patrick Paul or the kid out of BYU. I'm not even going to try to say his name. Uh, and then round three, go Mike Sainer still. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I don't see it happening, but like it's it's possible. We haven't talked about receiver yet, just because I'm. I'm I think they need you, one, but if you want my, I, yeah, we haven't talked about receiver. I, they they definitely need a receiver. They they don't have a wide receiver three. Their wide receiver three right now, their their third best pass catcher is Pat Fryermuth. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, if in my ideal, you want to know what, what I would personally like to see happen. You yes. sign Stefan Gilmore in free agency, so you have another boundary corner to to pair with Joey Porter Jr. And then you draft your nickel corner in this year's draft. Yeah. That's something I think that, that could work out. I mean, obviously, there's there's de- different ways you could pair that up, but me personally, mm-hmm. I mentioned Stefan Gilmore like a month ago in free agents that we were interested in. I think it would be yeah. really cool to see them bring in Gilmore and then get their. I mean, that's kind of the same the thing draft. that they just did with with Patch Peterson. You know, yeah. doing it for hopefully, like I would assume he's 33 years old. Like he still played pretty good ball for Dallas last year, but he ain't signing more than a one or two year deal. And hopefully it's just one. So, yeah, you're kind of kicking the can down the road. You're just renting a player basically in Stephon Gilmore for a year. Uh, but that's fine because then you have like still Darius Rush and hopefully Corey Trice part of it this year that can develop mm-hmm. behind them. And maybe they show something this year uh, to be part of the plan moving forward. But yeah, like it eliminates having to take a guy. Uh, on the boundary in the draft so i definitely don't mind it i've mentioned kind not obviously you know that high of a ceiling guy but like dane jackson who's a free agent this year coming back to pittsburgh and kind of being the same thing like buffalo kept pushing him out and because of injuries he had to end up being a starter again this year yeah. uh and played and played okay but like if you go and get a guy like that that's like a security blanket and then maybe guys like trice or uh, darius rush just are that much better than him and beat him out in camp and so be it. One of those guys is the starter. But if not, you have 
a safety blanket. You have a guy that's been there and done that as a pro in Dane Jackson. So I don't know. We'll see the route that they go at corner, but um, yeah, that that's kind of all I wanted to to say on that. I want to ask you um, a, a, kind of another, th- I guess we've kind of already talked about it, but in your mind, is there a path to them being like super aggressive in free agency or trade? Like, like we've talked about the lack of money. We've talked about the lack of draft picks. Like would there be a scenario that you think they're going to be like, yeah, we'll shell out, you know, whatever it is, 50, $45 million a year for Kirk cousins. And we'll make the space for it. Or uh, if Jalen Johnson doesn't get tagged or reach a long-term deal with Chicago, uh, we just saw Legereus Sneed is getting the tag put on him. But if they're not able to reach a long-term deal, they're going to let him explore opportunities elsewhere because they, they're not going to make him play on the tag this year. I think there's a lot of different scenarios out there and I just didn't know how you felt if the Steelers will be aggressive in that market I mean I'd I'd like to say yeah and maybe that's a little hopium but I I do think that the Steelers philosophy and how they've handled the draft free agency has been very different ever since Kevin Colbert retired and and Omar Khan has stepped in as the GM for the steel for this team I I think that there are opportunities where they could um, do that. Like if they were able to trade for it, Legereus need, I, I think mm-hmm. that that's worth giving up some of the limited value that you have in those picks already. Um, we just talked about that. You don't have a ton of it, but I think that's worth giving up if they are able to get a talent like that. I mean, we look at the, what he was able to do this season and especially in that postseason run, he was amazing. Um, obviously that's a trade and a contract you're going to give up. I mean, we are, we obviously, and here's another reason I'll say, Kirk Cousins isn't going to happen. There's no way they're signing anybody to that big of money on the offensive side of the football. That is, that's just is not going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be a defensive player. Um, but but I think that there's a pathway to it. I I because because yeah. I think that the the Steelers' way is not what it was even five years ago. I, I think that they're going to be more aggressive. They've shown signs of being more aggressive with some of their recent history in the offseason. So obviously, I'm I'm not gonna like give a specific way like who they're gonna be trading for or who they who they would sign that that could be bid money. But I think just because of what we've seen in the drafts and free agents of the last couple of years, I, I think that there is definitely a chance that something could happen. It's not the normal status quo where we're just gonna be having having a quiet off season still. I feel like the Steelers are have a different philosophy now. Yeah, I think a, a telltale for that. Um was at the trade deadline last year. Granted, they didn't get it done, but they were trying to get Jalen Johnson from the Bears. Do we think that was as a rental? No. They would have extended him. Mm-hmm. So clearly there was interest there. They knew it would have been a big money free agent that they had to retain. Um, I don't think it's going to be him now. I think that he's probably, with what he did after the trade deadline too, I just, I don't see it. Um, I think he's going to end up back in Chicago. But like to me, Lajarius Sneed is the guy to do that for. Like I, I'm, I would give up a second round pick and pay him what you needed to to retain him, um, to have him be the guy opposite of Joey Porter Jr. for a while. Like you're talking about a guy that's still 27. I don't know when he turns 28, but he's still 27 right now. Plays inside out for Kansas City. Like I, top three most important player probably within that defense. Uh, Chris Jones is obviously super important. Nick Bolton, super important. Uh, it's probably between Sneed and McDuffie. He just that. turned 27. But, 
He just turned 27. So yeah, I mean, give January. him give him a three or four year deal. Uh, you know, I don't know what the the cap hit per would be, but it's not going to be anywhere near, in my opinion, what Jalen Johnson's going to get anyway on a long term deal. Um, and just know that that's locked down for a while. And then that second round pick, unfortunately, yeah, that it, it costs that as well as the contract now because of the way that this is being done. But like, you could have made the argument to, that you had to use a second round pick on a corner anyway, and you weren't going to get a corner anywhere near his caliber, even if it's another position that you're talking about missing out on. You weren't going to get a player of his caliber at any position anyway. Like, I mean, we're talking about an all-pro type player here that plays multiple spots, does everything that the Steelers defense is looking for. Like, from a scheme fit, it's perfect. Like, he does everything in terms of blitzing off the the corner too. Like, I don't think people realize that, like, how physical this guy is. Like, probably one of the better tackling corners in the league. And you can have him do some different, like, Mike Hilton-ish stuff that we've kind of been missing since he left. So uh, Snead is the guy to do it for, in my opinion. Um, I don't know that I expect them to, but I would definitely be pounding the table for them to do so. And again, thinking back to how their approach now, they didn't get it done, but at last year's trade deadline, I don't think that the door is shut for them still being willing to be aggressive in that, in that way. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, also, if you had to make, and I'm just thinking about this because I was talking with our buddy Jake uh, one night in Discord after playing some games. If we had to make a guess for who the Steelers would pick in the second round at receiver, because we know that's always on the table, who do you hmm. think it could be? You just mentioned uh, that we hadn't mentioned receiver, so I figure we, yeah. we, should, just, we should just mention receiver real quick to, cl- to round out this, this free agent slash draft talk. Ooh, who do we think they would pick? You said not who would I pick? Yeah, not who you, not who you would pick. Who you think the Steelers are going to pick? Because if the Steelers pick them in the second round, you already know everybody's going to pick pick that player in their dynasty draft because they're bound yeah. to be good. Unless your name's Chase Claypool. Yeah, um, I think Roman Wilson will probably be gone, but that's like I would say Roman Wilson or Malachi Corley. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Um... And that's also probably the route that I would go. <laughs> but I think Roman Wilson's probably going to be off the board before then. Malachi might be too, but uh, I'll give a shout to Xavier Worthy as well. I can't see. You know, the thing is, like, my the prerequisite for receivers has totally shifted now that Arthur Smith is the offensive coordinator. Like, what you're looking for in a receiver. Like, Deontay Johnson's already on the roster, but if he wasn't, like, you're not even looking for that type of receiver. For Arthur Smith's mm-hmm. offense, you're looking for a George Pickens type of receiver still um, because the, it's big bodied receivers that are high point to test the catch big playmakers down the field. It's not the Deontay Johnson's of the world. So like that's why I couldn't I can definitely envision a world where they sign Matt Collins in free agency who Arthur Smith had in Atlanta uh, to have him fill a role. And there's probably gonna be times where he would be the only receiver on the field and we'd be going nuts because they're gonna play like three tight ends. Um, but yeah, those are my answers. 
Malachi Corley's not big at all, by the way. But like everybody's chasing like a well, big in terms of like height. But he, he's like a compact Debo Samuel type build. Would probably be Arthur Smith's Cordero Patterson, to be honest. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't I'm gonna say either of the Washington guys. Not not Odunes. He's gonna be gone the first round. But whether it's it, it, I, I feel like I feel like Jalen Polk would definitely be their second pick if 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 he was still there. And then you could probably get Jalen McMillan. Uh d- wait, do they have a third round pick? Yeah, 84. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I would I'm for some reason I have a feeling like if they pick a receiver, either of those Washington guys would be in play. Hmm. That was man, what a fun offense to watch this year. That Washington offense. Yeah, Roma Dunes going top ten. Uh, but the other two could definitely be in play further down the board. That's interesting. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, okay, we got a couple questions here regarding the Steelers that we can uh, address. It's actually to me directly instead of around the four one two. Wow. Um. Well, like I quoted it and stuff, but uh, Trevor said, what do you think would the results would have to be for Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Fields acquisitions to be worth it? This is interesting because like, you know, is the, is the bar as low as like we made the playoffs without them, right? So like how could just getting to the playoffs be, make it worth it? Um, but also if you're shooting, if, if you're going to say Super Bowl, I mean, no matter who you bring in, in my opinion, that's not going to be the case. So can I, 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 I would say for each of them, yeah. the answer, answer is different. Okay. Um, I think that for Russell Wilson, that one probably has the, uh, the least amount of consequence because of what you were talking about earlier with, with you're not really giving up anything. So it, to make it worth it to me, if the Steelers stayed the same, that that would still be worth it. Um, just because you're not really losing anything with it. The one with the biggest consequence, I, well, I guess depending on how you look at it, the one with the busy, biggest consequence to me would be Justin Fields because Ooh. to me, per, like you do not know what Justin Fields type of quarterback is. You know what Kirk Cousins is. So I know you're giving up a lot of cap space to get Kirk Cousins, but you know the type of player he is. Like you, you even said yourself that like you assumed the type of player Kirk Cousins was, and then you just realized that you know he's actually a good quarterback. And I feel like that's a like a consensus opinion now around the league is he's just not a stat pattern. He's an actually good quarterback that can run an offense. He might cost a lot of money, but I think that the biggest consequence would be Justin Fields because to me, there's ver- multiple variables that you would have to gauge success in the upcoming season for with Justin Fields. Like number one, did you make the playoffs? Like if you're not getting at minimum what you were able to get with a combination of Kenny Pickett, Mr. Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph, that's automatically an L. And is he improving as a quarterback in your offense? Is he going to, to show progress from what he was in Chicago? Because if you're trading for this player, that means that you think that he's going to develop more in your offense. If he doesn't do that, I think that that makes the trade even worse. Because like I've said, I've harped on it that this, I said it in this show, I said it a couple of weeks ago, like you're not trading for the first round pick Justin Fields. You're trading for what Justin Fields is right now. So if they give up too much, then that trade could look really bad depending on how he would progress in the offense. And so to me, like to make that trade worth it, not only do I think that the minimum 
Justin Fields would have to make it to the playoffs, not not necessarily win a game, but he'd have to at least do the bare minimum of what the other quarterbacks did last season. He needs to progress individually himself within that offense and progress as an NFL quarterback because I don't think he would be worth it at that point. And with Kirk Cousins, for me to be worth it, if you sign him to that deal, win a playoff game. I'm not going to ask for much. Obviously, I know that your people are probably going to say if you sign Kirk Cousins, it's Super Bowl or bust. Listen, we haven't won a playoff game since like 2017. I'm not going to be that picky. We're in the same conference as Patrick Mahomes. We're in the same conference as Patrick Mahomes. We're in the same conference as uh, uh, I was going to say not even conference. We're in the same division as the two-time reigning MVP Lamar Jackson. We're in the same conference of the healthy Joe Burrow. I mean, th- there's there's a lot of going against Josh Allen right now, Justin Herbert, Aaron yeah, like, Rodgers. Yeah, there's there's a lot CJ going Stroud. against right now. So I think that the bar shouldn't be that high. But I would say, like, it, I, I I would gauge the success as like, can can you get over the hump of at least winning a game in 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 the postseason? Because um, obviously, like, the bar is making it there. That's set by the quarterbacks we already have. You just got to at least win a game. I, I think, and I I think that would be worth it in my eyes to me and obviously you're gonna you're gonna expect more but that's that's where i would set the bar with kirk cousins and that's why i think the consequence is less because obviously it's a lot of money and it, it could strap you in other areas but you're not only giving up picks for justin fields but you're also potentially setting the team back even like further because you're resetting who you're building this franchise around or who you want to build this franchise around and it might not pan out again I definitely agree with like Russ's consequential for sure. My thing with Cousins, and you just mentioned it in that last part, was I think if you bring him in, he needs to be so good that it matched the other deficiencies that are caused by what he's making because you're not yeah. going to have money to spread it out along the way. With Fields, assuming like I don't, I don't know if they would have a contract extension done or they would just want to see him play out the year and then his fifth year option or whatever to see. But even on his fifth-year option at like twenty-three million, it's probably not exactly half. It's probably a, just a shade over half of what you'd be paying Cousins. Like that's a that's Legarius Sneed's salary probably. Like Fields mm-hmm. plus Legarius Sneed is what Cousins would be making, I think. So like, I don't know. It, but like, I can't measure it on team success again, just because like, I don't. I don't see it. Like, I don't think that they are just Kirk Cousins away from winning a Super Bowl. I don't know that anybody actually legitimately thinks that. They can maybe say that, but you take a look around the division, you take a look around the conference, man, it's, you almost feel like, obviously the the best thing that can ever happen is having a quarterback on a rookie contract. But this is why I'm pushing for Legereus Need. Put the chips in on the other side of the football because clearly it's not there with the offense. It's got to be for the defense. Like whatever the missing pieces are on defense, find them and let that be continue to be the strength. Make the strength even stronger, and see what you can do. I I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough to have these conversations again when you're watching the Chiefs win three Super Bowls in five years and figuring out how are we going to compete with this. But um, it's it's in my opinion clearly not on the roster right now, and I don't know that any of the names we talked about necessarily are getting them quite there. Yeah, and I, and I will add this. So we're both saying that the expectation shouldn't be Super Bowl or bust if you brought in a guy like Kirk Cousins. But I think mm-hmm. inevitably 
it it would be because you're yeah, I mean, you're you're putting all the chips into that table and you you, you are Super Bowl and bust at that point with that guy. Yeah, I mean at least AFC Championship because like, I wouldn't view got... I wouldn't view I mean I I guess. No, I, I wouldn't view if they brought in Russ. I wouldn't view it as Super Bowl or bust, and it, a, a lot of that has to do with no. the little consequence that that will go against the Steelers if something bad happened. And I definitely wouldn't think that with with Fields. Fields to me is not even who they bring in to be more competitive. Fields to me is like an experiment to see if we can be the team to figure out this guy at the NFL level. But you're Cousins, for the if, you're, if, if you're if you're bringing in that guy, you are trying to win the super bowl uh hands down the other two you're trying to do better than you were but if you're 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 paying cousins that much there's there's no other way around it i do think fields is probably the biggest swing that they could take i would say even over cousins because we know what cousins is fields there's still a bit of a question mark because he's played in multiple offenses which have all been considered by most very bad offenses in chicago I think last year they probably did the best job of trying to give him a supporting cast. Um, and this isn't to absolve him of any blame or anything like that, because like I said, I still wouldn't give up a two. I, I would do a three. I, I think that I don't even, I don't know what you said about a three, but I would do a three. I wouldn't give up a one or a two, obviously. Uh, and the Deontay Johnson thing is ridiculous, but um, <laughs> I, I, it's a lot because of the fit in Arthur Smith's offense. I like Derek and I were having this conversation. There's less than a 50% chance that he would be, an improvement but like for a third round pick i'm i'm taking that swing because i think at the very least it's more fun to watch <laughs> like at the very least i think i'm gonna have more fun watching the steelers if it's justin fields over kenny pickett i agree with that i agree with that i i would do it if it was a three but mm-hmm. I, I i still can't get it out of my head that like i just feel like the bears are not not going to settle for that well what's interesting is with them today like coming out, Ryan Poles said that he wanted to do right by Justin if they were going to trade him and he would do it before free agency. To me, that's handcuffing yourself. Like Nick and I were talking about this on the afternoon drive. Like, first off, already a question about how many teams are actually suitors anyway. Like possibly Atlanta, possibly Vegas. Would any of those teams at the top rather have him than draft Jaden Daniels or Drake May? I like I wouldn't want my team to do that. I would take the swing on one of those guys in the draft and reset the rookie contract. I don't know. I think the Steelers don't have much company there or competition there for Justin Fields services. So part of me thinks because of the timeline, I'm not going to use the word rush, but like in an urgency to get this done before free agency starts. I think they get a three and maybe a conditional pick next year. The three would be this year. I think a conditional pick next year. I, I, I can get on board with that. But there's, I mean, I don't know. I, I agree that it would be more fun to watch, though. I, I yeah. we, we literally were talking last, like watching, watching the Steelers' offense last year felt like a mm-hmm. job that you hate going to, but you yeah. have to. Yeah. Uh, kind of along the same lines here. Shappy said thoughts on Kenny Pickett. Um, you know what's interesting is we're talking about Fields. I feel like a lot of fans in Chicago probably feel the same way Steelers fans do about Pickett. So it's like almost interesting that there's so many people within the Steelers community that are so obsessed with the idea of Justin Fields. And again, I think it's because he's more fun. You're more intrigued by the upside there than Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett's already like in our eyes the more known commodity. Um, man, 
like I I want Kenny to be good so bad. Um, there just hasn't been enough there, like in terms of the flashes to buy in. To me, there's nothing when I watch him that I say, okay, there's that at least that you can build an NFL offense around. I haven't seen anything jump off the page to me and be like, okay, well, you can build around this. He can do this really well. Like, okay, play action stuff, fine. Throws an okay deep ball, back shoulder fade. There's things that he does that are okay, but nothing that is like, this is how you build around this guy. So uh, to me, I would say at the end of the day, what, and this is definitely putting a projection on him that has not already been stated. He can go out there and prove me wrong. I think at the end of the day, he's going to have a decently long NFL career, but Pittsburgh will be the only place that he is an actual starting quarterback. I think after whenever his stop here ends, we're talking about a, a high-end backup, maybe like a 1B situation where he'll go somewhere else and compete for a job, but you're not talking about a guy that's ever deemed a potential franchise quarterback like the first, when he first got drafted in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and well, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. But looking at a couple, like some of the guys that were drafted immediately after Pickett in that draft, like yeah. the next like not Trent, Trent McDuffie. Yeah. Yep. I mean, even B- Buffalo a couple picks later, Kyir Elam. Mm. Yeah. Tyler Linderbaum. Devin Lloyd. There's. George Karloftis. Yeah, you should look at that entire Chiefs rookie class. Those guys, they only know winning the Super Bowl, but those two were part of it. Uh, Sky Moore's whatever. Um, Pacheco was in the seventh round. There it was, was some uh, other really players in there. So Trent McDuffie was, Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis yeah. were in round one. Sky mm-hmm. Moore and Brian Cook were in round two. Yeah, Brian Cook. Leo Chanel was round three. Yeah. That yep, one hurt. Yep. That one hurt. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh Watson J- corner, right? J- J- Jalen Jalen Watson was round seven. Yeah. Isaiah Pacheco was round seven. Um I don't I don't know what the last pick that they had. Nazi Johnson. Yeah, I'm not sure and about then him. But everybody else middle, been... like Darian Kinnard. That Kinnard, he... yeah. Canard, does he, does he play? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. About I don't him. think so. Joshua Williams was also their fourth round pick, another corner. Yeah, yeah, and he's a really good special teamer at the very least. So they have so many guys from that draft class that contributed, and they're the only thing they know is winning Super Bowls. They've done it twice in two years since coming out. That's that's hilarious. crazy. The only thing we know is pain. Um, yeah. Uh, it, so, and then Morgan was the last one here and they said, what are the pros con- slash cons of trading for Justin Fields? Uh, to me, the pro is it's somebody, somebody that, you know, and I'll say, and I will say no, as opposed to think on this, even though it is more of a think, but, uh, we'll run this offense better. Like, I think it's tailor made for Justin Fields, this offense. Um, it'd be more, and it's fun more to entertaining. Watch. That's yeah, more it's, fun to watch. I think the floor of it is higher just because of what he can do as a rusher. Like even if he doesn't develop as a passer, mm-hmm. you know that he's got that to fall back on. Uh, the con, you're not going to have whatever draft pick that you are trading Chicago for him or picks that you are trading Chicago for him. Um, you are impacting your cap 
for next year. Like they weren't counting on $23 million at quarterback next year. They will be if they acquire Justin Fields. Um, and if you're, I mean, obviously the, they have a decision to make regardless because of the way Kenny Pickett's played. But if Justin Fields yeah. doesn't work out, it's not really helping the quarterback position at all. And you gave up picks for it. Yeah. And, and I guess that you could say you're, you're again, you're pushing the timeline further than just, if you know that it's not Kenny after this year, wipe your hands clean and be done with it and move on with fields. You're extending that by a year. Mm-hmm because of his fifth year option i would think i i can't imagine that even if he, they brought in fields he played poorly this year and they had already picked up the fifth year option that he wouldn't be the starter in 25 and they would Especially go in year direction. one of a new offense too yeah so i think that, that you'd probably be kicking the can down the road uh regardless of performance by a year which you know there's gonna be guys that elevate but like if you look at next year's draft class at quarterback right now I don't know that I'd be too upset about missing out on it. Next year's draft class is quarterback is. Yeah. Shadour, <laughs> Quinn Ewers. Yeah. You know, there's probably gonna be guys, like I said, that like no one was talking about Jaden Daniels this time last year being top three. Yeah. So. Who knows? There'll be guys that elevate. But yeah, as of right now, I'm, I'm not seeing it. Uh, anything else? Steelers related? <sighs> no. No, uh, I I got nothing, but it's a uh, it's it's Steelers is fun because we get to have these types of conversations all year round. Whether we're actually playing football, whether practices yeah. are happening, or whether we're preparing for this upcoming season, there, there's always interesting conversations to have about the Steelers. Absolutely, because people always want to talk about it. That's why the only questions that we ever get really are going to be about the Pittsburgh Steelers uh like subscribe hit that notification bell here hit us in the comments with anything that you would like us to discuss or anything that we talked about on this episode obviously everything custom designs link in the description for that i didn't even think about it st patrick's day i saw her advertising for st patrick's day stuff go. on her facebook so there you go they get some customized clothing but she does more than just holiday stuff customized t-shirts hoodies around the 412 logo stuff she's done in the past and she has that design saved so if you want to get something around the 412 you can go hit her up and do that. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else, not just on YouTube. Obviously, we are on podcast platforms, Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. For Tyler, for Smitty, this has been the Around the 412 Steelers show. We'll see you guys next week.